Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show. Let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you haven't followed the Strictly Anonymous Podcast yet on Instagram or Twitter, follow me at Strict Anonymous. If you want to be on the show, it's called Strictly Anonymous because I change everybody's voices. So if you have an interesting, naughty, true story that you want to talk about while be, while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, you could be on my show. Either go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com or send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com. If you want to call into my confessions hotline and leave a confession, you can. The number is 347-420-3579, 347-420-3579. Those are edited. The voices are changed over there. I take out phone numbers if you leave them. Just make sure you're in a quiet place. You got four minutes to leave a message if you need longer. Just call back. I edit them together. Uh, all of those anonymous confessions are on my Patreon. You're going to want to go join my Patreon, not only to listen to all those anonymous confessions. There's hundreds of them on there. You get all the anonymous pics of all of my hot female guests who have been on the show. They all send me hot, sexy pics of themselves. Those are on my Patreon. You get Q&As where I answer all kinds of questions. But the best thing that you get on my Patreon that people love the most is access to my private discord where everybody's getting super naughty x-rated you could do whatever you want on discord it's a place where my the people that are on it could post their own stuff and get x-rated you could email people post stuff talk to people post videos people are hooking up on there i am getting emails all the time oh so and so i hooked up with so and so i don't get involved in my discord but there's a big community over there over 1800 people you only get access to it if you join my Patreon and it's only $5 a month for all of that. I really keep saying I'm going to raise it, but I'm like, why raise it? So many people join for five. Why not keep it super cheap so that a million people sign up and everyone has effing fun? The link to my Patreon will be in the description. It's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. It's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. I will leave all the links and the phone number and the email and all that shit in the description. So today I have on Santo. Supposed to be Santos, but I call him Santos the whole time, so I'm just gonna call him Santos. <laughs> Santos is fucking funny. Okay, he started off this episode with one sentence that just had me like, oh my god, like what the fuck? I couldn't let go of it for a long time. In the conversation, I repeated this one sentence that he said in the beginning. He's a character. He's an interesting character. At some point in the story, I started to think that he was full of shit. But I don't necessarily think he was towards the end. And I don't think that you think that he will be. But I think you might go on the same ride that I went on with him. I found him entertaining. He's got a, a good sense of humor. He's got a good laugh. He laughs when I do. And he rolls with me claiming he's full of shit and making fun of his sentence. He's cool. He does have a very interesting story. He's a very straight guy who loves pegging. And he got to pegging through just his own exploration of his body when he was super young. It was like when he was 12 that he found his asshole and found out that he loved putting things inside there and started out with a finger and then went to other things. And <laughs> we get all of that information. And when he started to get a little bit older, he went to adult video stores and bookstores and he saw a scene in porn that got him into pegging he talks about that and then he talks about where he got pegged the first time it was always workers in the beginning he went to a lot of those in a lot of relationships he brought it up but nobody was really down for it so he would go see the sex workers on the side because it was hard for him to find a girl that would do it without questioning him but eventually he meets his wife who he's with now and she's down for it and he talks about that too. So it's a whole journey. I go through all of it. Like I said, <laughs> I also take you on a journey of me not believing a word he's saying at some point <laughs> and also kind of not making fun of him, but being like, what the fuck? Your words that you're using in this story in the beginning, I was like a little bit like, oh my God, you'll go on that journey as well as his journey of pegging and anal play and all that kind of good stuff. I say it a lot in this episode and I'll, I've said it on other episodes and I'll say it again here. I'm always 
down to try to get straight guys to be open to a little anal play. It feels great. There's so many nerve endings there. Stop worrying about it. The whole thing and the stigma that's attached to anal anything when it comes to straight guys is ridiculous. I'm hoping if you hear his story and all the other ones I put out there like this, that you'll go and try things out. Butter Wellness is a sponsor of mine. They have a great toy that will stimulate your prostate outside of your asshole. So if you want to try that, go to my description, click on the link, you'll get 15% off. But I'm always trying to promote that shit because I believe in it and I think people should take the stigma away. I'm a three input girl. I love anal action. I think everybody would if they just gave it a try. There's so many nerve endings in there. (laughs) Santos really fucking loves it and he talks all about it. So I'm going to get right to it and be right back on with Santos. Hi, Santa. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. How are you today? Hello, Kathy. Everything is a big box of fluffy ducks. How are you doing today? What the fuck are fluffy ducks? Is that supposed to be something great? <laughs> Does that mean it's great? Do people like a box of fluffy ducks? Oh my yeah, god. Every, yeah, everything is peaceful and mellow and no complaints. No <laughs> oh worry. my god. Oh, so okay. So fluffy ducks are peaceful. Indeed. Oh, interesting. Okay. Oh, yeah. Just like roaming around on the on the water, that kind of a duck. Is that is that? Yeah, what... or it's a, even if you want to pick one up and take it and cuddle it, and it's nice and soft. And oh my God, Santo! So you're into ducks, but you're also into pegging. Okay, this is what Santo's into. He's into fucking pegging. You've been pegging for forty years <laughs> with your partner. I'm assuming your partner's a woman. Yes, she is. Okay, so let's start where we're at right now, and then we're going to go all the way back. Are you a se- are you living in a sexless marriage now after pegging for many, many years? Are you one of those? Quite the opposite. Oh, okay. Well, I thought you said something sex has ended. No, sex is still going on. I did get a pegging a week ago. Okay, well, um, in your email one, to one me, average. it says, Santos will discuss what he does from beginning, meeting the partner, to what happens after sex has ended. What does that mean? Well, there's a process. It's much like baking a cake. You have to go through a certain process to take the ingredients, and then you have a nice cake to eat. So so you're talking about when you started pegging to the end of pegging, but not really the end to where you just are pegging now? Is that what you mean? I mean, you don't you, you with your fluffy ducks, you're confusing. Can you just talk like a normal person? <laughs> Okay. (laughs) Because when I read a sentence that says, uh, Santos will discuss what he does from beginning meeting a partner to what happens after sex has ended, it sounds like your sex ended. (laughs) No, it's I'm talking about in terms of it ending after we're done pegging and what we do from that point on, because the actual act of pegging has ended, but there's still things psychologically going on. Okay, I don't know that we care about so much about that, but let's just see. I don't know what kind of psychological shit you have going on. I hope it's more interesting than fluffy ducks. Let's... (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to get past that first sentence. I don't know. (laughs) Santo, you're like an interesting character. Already, I don't know where this conversation is going to go, but it started at a weird fucking place. Okay, so listen, Santos. You're with a woman now, right? You've been married for how long? You've been married to your girl. Going on 30 years. 30 years. Okay. But you've been pegging 40 years. When did you start pegging? With somebody else? Yes, indeed. Okay. So let's go all the way back to when you realized you liked anal action. Because really pegging is you getting fucked in the ass, right? So there had to be a time where you, unlike most guys, at least most guys don't fucking cop to it, somehow you realized that anally stimulating yourself felt great. I know it feels great because I've done it and I like anal sex. But a lot of people claim, like, especially men, they've never, you know, gone to town on their own ass or whatever. But I think a lot of guys lie. When did you realize that you were, you know, into anal action? Well, I was 12 years old. I Uh was eavesdropping on a conversation between my mother and her girlfriend. Okay. The girlfriend said that she had a boyfriend who was much older than her. And my mother made a snide remark that, oh, I guess you ain't getting much sex. Yeah. The girlfriend said, yes, I am. With the older man, if you lick his anus, that will enable him to get an erection. (laughs) And I said, wow, <laughs> wait a minute. What did I stumble across here? Oh, my God, so, so funny. <laughs> that was my first introduction. Oh, my God, that's um, the funniest teenage... conversation you ever heard. I mean, it's kind of like not a common thing that like this woman fa- realized that if a, a guy can't get it up, you just lick his asshole and he can't. 
Now, what I started doing from that point, like other teenagers, I would masturbate and I would stroke my penis, but I also started fingering my anus. Yeah. And the orgasms were much more intense when I would finger my anus. Can you not say the word anus, please? Just call it like asshole or something. I don't know. Anus is just uh, unattractive. All right. Asshole will work for me. Yeah, yeah. Say asshole. I know it's not a fluffy duck, but it's not. A, I don't <laughs> like anus either. <laughs> I'm sorry, but let's count how many times I say fluffy ducks in this. <laughs> oh, sorry. Anyway. Okay. okay. So you. So listen, I got to just say this. I just got to stop you right here. And this has nothing to do with you. This is just like a, a thing about guys in general. Here you are at least copping to the fact that when you were 12, you went exploring your body and decided to put a finger up your asshole, right? I believe that so many more guys did try this out before and they just don't cop to it because there's such that there's like such a stigma surrounding it, right? Because it's like, oh my God, you like anything in your ass, you're gay. It's a stupid because if a guy goes down on me, I'm not a lesbian. I mean, that's what lesbians do to each other. It doesn't really make sense, but guys are so paranoid about admitting to the fact that they like anal action that they would never cop to the fact that even if they even did try that, but you were a guy that did and you're here to fucking cop to it. So I would high five you if you were sitting across from me, Santos. (laughs) Because right, at least you. you could admit it, okay? And you realize this fucking feels amazing, right? Uh, it, it's beyond amazing. Yeah, yeah. So all you guys out there, if you really haven't actually tried it, go try it. Let your girl stick her finger up your ass the next time she's blowing you. Oh, my God. You'll have the best orgasm ever. Stop worrying about being gay. It's stupid. If you're gay, you're gay. If you're not, you're not. Nothing's going to exactly. change if you put something in your ass. I mean, it's so dumb, Right. So you start putting your finger up your ass like when you're jerking yourself off and you have like killer orgasms. Did you ever have prostate orgasms at that time by any chance? Oh, absolutely. Because I didn't have to stroke my penis when I would put my fingers up my ass. Really? I would just put my fingers up my ass in multiple orgasms. Wow. So you started even realizing that you could just put your fingers into your ass and you didn't even have to stroke your dick anymore. Exactly. Wow. How long after you put that first finger up there did that happen? I mean, did it take time before you figured that out or was it like immediate? It maybe took a week because it was painful because I didn't know that the finger should be lubed and things of that nature. (laughs) Yeah, you're only 12. Right. Yeah, I had to figure everything out on my own, and it's not like I could go on the internet back then. Yeah, 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 totally. So, so there you were going to town. You found your your asshole. Now, did you ever? use anything around the house to go in in inside there besides your finger because i have had other guys come on and tell me stuff that they've put up their ass <laughs> while little <laughs> one guy it was like a gi joe his gi joe doll can you just tell me some of the stuff it's a kind of funny that kind of information what are the kinds of things you would shove in your ass because you wanted stuff in there and you're little right there's no amazon at the time you can't walk into a sex shop you're a little kid but you know you like stuff in your ass what do you start putting in there that you found around the house I would use like the brush handles as long as they were like smooth, of course. And that's mostly what I would use when once my fingers weren't big enough. Yeah, yeah. Once you like want more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So brush handles. You tried a G.I. Joe once or a Barbie doll or something? Uh, both. both. <laughs> All of the above. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so you're <laughs> so you're going to down. Now, let me ask you this, because we did just say that there's such a stigma about anal action and being, quote, unquote, gay, as if gay is this terrible thing to be. It's so rude, actually. Did you ever question your sexuality because you did like things in your ass? Or were Never. you? It didn't mean anything. It just meant you like things no. in your ass. It's just a physical sensation. But did you know that you liked women at that time, too? Yes. Okay, cool. Were you ever into guys at all, ever? Never, ever. Okay, cool. So even though you like pegging, and pegging is like a dildo that looks exactly like a dick, and it's shoved inside of you, it still has never turned you gay and made you interested in going and getting a real dick. 
Absolutely not. There would be a big fight if someone even suggested that to me. Right. So see, Santos is here to say that you could even put a thing that looks exactly like a dick in your ass and it still doesn't mean you're gay and it never will turn you gay no matter how many times you shove it in your ass because I'm assuming you're really fucking old, right? Because you use that term, a bag of ducks, right? Like you, this is like something that you've been doing for 40 years and you've never turned gay. (laughs) Never. Yeah, I love it. Okay, keep going. You're like the poster boy right now for me getting all guys to shove things in their asshole. (laughs) 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 Okay, I have the perfect Valentine's Day gift idea for you. And you could buy this for your guy, or if you're a guy, buy it for yourself. It is the Butter Wellness Personal Massager. Anyone who listens to my show knows that I am on a mission, okay, (laughs) to get every guy to try a little anal action. And that's why I love the Butter Wellness Personal Massager because their massager is used on the outside. That's right. You don't have to go on the inside. You just use it right on your taint. If you don't know where your taint is, it is that little sensitive spot between your balls and your asshole. Massaging your taint can not only give you a prostate orgasm, which is like the best orgasm ever, okay? It also increases your blood flow, gives you stronger erections, and if you have any kind of erectile dysfunction going on, it's gonna help with that too. And right now, Butter Wellness is offering my listeners 15% off their whole order. So order up for Valentine's Day. You get 15% off your whole order using my code Strictly at ButterWellness.com. That's ButterWellness.com. Use my code Strictly to get 15% off your whole order. Go get your Valentine's Day gift now so you don't have to worry about it later. ButterWellness.com, code Strictly. Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com. Dot com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too. So you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description. Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number, thousands of people try to call, I talk to one of them, they stay anonymous, I can't hang up, that's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings. Crazy funny ones. I talked to a guy with a goose laugh, somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today, Beautiful Anonymous. I don't know. I don't know why guys are so against it. You know how many times I've tried to put my finger in a guy's ass while I've been blowing them and they're always like, oh no. But what I'll do, and this is the trick that works, and girls should listen up, or a gay men or anyone that, or guys at home. I don't know. Like when I'm blowing them, instead of putting a finger, I would just take the knuckle of my thumb and like sort of nestle it in to that area kind of, do you know what I mean? And just so that they could feel something there. And I can't tell you nine out of 10 times, even the guy that is like anti-action, if you're not shoving anything in and you just leave that little nub right there, they start pushing into it and they start to realize it feels good. And then they push in, push it more and more and they're like fucking into it. Okay. That's how you get a guy to realize opening up that hole a little bit. It feels really good. There's a lot of nerve endings in there. Well, Kathy, even before you get to that point, yeah. you and the other ladies, if just a thing, if you're talking to your man yeah. and you touch it, you just touch his, his ass with your hand and you're not even doing anything sexual, but he's getting used to having something touching his ass. I like and that then idea. over time, uh-huh. mm-hmm. you could eventually get closer to his ass crack and then eventually accidentally, quote unquote, Brush your fingers against his asshole. Right, 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 right. Okay, I like that. Yeah. And yeah, you just um, it's just a continual process until you get to that point, so you're not scaring him to death. 
Yeah, it's so ridiculous. The guys are scared of it. So stupid. Get over it. Anyway, go on with your story. So like you eventually, I assume, start dating women. Are you copping to this kind of a thing when you're with your girls? With once I started dating, I was afraid to bring it up to the of girls. Of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then what happened was I started going to the adult theaters because this was because I was underage, but I was as tall as I am now, but I could grow full beard. So I went <laughs> to adult venues. OK. Anyway, to make a long story short, I went to see a movie with Vanessa Del Rio in the movie. Her female co-star went on a date with her boyfriend and the boyfriend and his buddies gang raped her anally towards the end of the movie to get revenge vanessa del Rio and old co-star <laughs> gang raped them. the boyfriend oh okay i was hooked at that point that was that was it it was I, that I, scene I, I in that movie it was that scene in this out it was that scene in that movie yeah so i so i was afraid to bring it up to any women because they're oh well, are you gay what, what's the matter with you so exactly but what I would start out doing is I would perform anal sex on them. I was used to stimulating my own asshole. So I was able to do it on the girlfriends without injuring them. Right. Because you understand you can't just shove your dick inside. <laughs> right. So yeah. That's, yeah that, that's big problems. If you do that, guys, you can't do that. You have to no. take your time. Most girls that don't like anal sex. That's what happened to them. Now. There was one guy that just shoved it in in one second. And it was like the worst pain ever. And that's that you just can't do that. And so, so many people are turned off to it because they don't have it done the right way. And But you knew because you're like a professional at this point. Yeah, it's well, it, my first actual pegging was from a dominatrix and she used a dildo, but she used her hand. She wasn't wearing a strap on and okay. I did not enjoy it at all. But I still said, I, I still did it later, of course, but I said, I'm going to figure this out. This is not supposed to hurt. It is supposed to feel good. So, and that's when I started doing it more and more with different girls and try to figure out a way to get them to do it without getting cross-examined in terms of what my sexual preference is. And, For sure. That's going to be the first, that that's going to be the first question your girl's going to ask you if you put that on the table. Okay. And you're going to have to take the time to let her know if you are straight, listen, if you're bi cop to it, if you're totally straight, but you like to be pegged, you need to let her know that and take the time to get her to trust that you're telling the truth. Because I think a woman is naturally going to think that means you're gay. That's just the way that it goes. And then even though you tell her you're not, she's still not going to believe you. And it might take a little bit, but eventually she'll fucking believe you. (laughs) Hopefully. Well, did your girl eventually believe you? Most of them did. Some did not. Yeah. And I might say, hey, well, if you don't believe me, you don't believe me. Have a nice day. So now you remember the first girl that you got to peg you would now, because you said the dominatrix used it with her hand. I mean, were you young dating girls and like going to the sex shop and buying strap-ons for them? No, not at that point. Right. I was still at the point where how do I get these girlfriends to do this without them accusing me of this, that, and the other. But you were saying that you were like banging them in the ass trying to get them to turn around and say that they could do it to you or something like that. Was that the move? Yeah. Oh, to be exact, if I wanted to have anal with them, and they say, hey, I'm, I'm just not in the mood for this. And I'd how about if you do anal on me? <laughs> and that's the thing with your, your, all of your ladies listening. If your man wants to do anal on you, say, hey, you let me peg you first. <laughs> I, most guys are going to say no. They're all petrified, even if they like That's I their said, loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wait, so now you're like, but you, but. Early on, though, you never, even though you knew there was a stigma and you had these girls questioning you and stuff, you never hit it. You always put it on the table with every relationship you were in. Honestly, it's the best policy. Yeah, I think that's great. That's great. You were like always straight up with what you were into from the get go. I have no secrets. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Even though some of these girls left thinking that you were secretly gay, it wasn't the truth. But some of them believed you, some of them didn't. So let's get to the point where you go to the dominatrix. When, how old were you that when you went to the dom? I guess 20, 20 years old. 
Okay, and now is this the time you're you're like going to adult theaters and stuff? I mean, I'm assuming because you live in that world, this is where you you start to then maybe find a dungeon and it just like sort of snowballs. I don't know. Well, the, the adult theaters that's like much earlier. That's like 15. Oh my god, but 15. Yeah, yeah, the dominatrix was 20 years old. Let me ask a question, even though it seems like obvious, but you just never know. Like when you went to these adult theaters, I know that there's glory holes and all kinds of guy and guy action. Did you ever get hit up or did you ever go in a glory hole and have somebody on the other side suck your dick and just do it for the curiosity or anything like that at the time? No, it's just something to kill some time. So nothing else went on. So you never. So even though there was probably a lot of that going on, you never engaged in anything like that. No. Because you didn't see women there, did you? Many women? No, every now and then I would see women, and then, of course, they would be, like, in a pack. Uh-huh. So, um, but it's, they, they I because I see it, oh, these are not the women I want to approach, and so I just want to go just watch my movie and have a little fun and go home, and so, yeah, nothing like that happened with me. Okay, cool. So you never engage in any of that kind of stuff that goes on in adult theaters. But eventually at 20, how did you find out about the dungeon in town? <laughs> uh, well, um, it's uh, pretty much a, a very worldly person, like the story I told you when I was 12 years old. So I always was very knowledgeable about sex. So it's like I was six years old. I could explain in detail, like the reproductive cycle. And so I knew that somehow mommy and daddy got together and they did something and the baby was a result. Okay. What does that have to do with the going to the dominatrix? I don't know where you're going with that. Well, just with the, with the dominatrix, it was a thing of, I wanted to get the pegging done and I didn't know how else to get it done. So I said, yeah, I just had to go outright and just pay for it. And see what happens. Right, but I'm just asking you specifically because we're talking about a long time ago before there's internet. Did you go in the phone book? Like how exactly did you find out about this dungeon and this dominatrix? Was it in the back of a magazine? Like how did you find out about this place? That was my question. Oh, okay. Well, this was in the personal ads in the newspaper. Okay, so there was a newspaper at the time in your town and you looked in the back and in the personals there was an ad for a dominatrix. Yeah. And you knew that that in that kind of a place you'd be pegged. Yes. Okay. So what happened in that experience? Uh, well, in that experience, she showed me the dildo that she would use and told me to lay down. And she did grease the dildo up and she took it and she stuck it in hard and pumped fast. And she was talking, oh, baby, oh, baby, oh, baby, come on. And I'm wait a minute, slow up a little bit. This, this hurts. Just calm down. Get a hold of yourself. Well, she might've thought you were into being dominated with a little bit of torture. A lot of people that go to the dungeons, they like it rough, <laughs> but oh. typically there's a lot of conversation that goes down so that they know your boundaries and what you're looking for. Typically a dominatrix will really cater the session to your every need and there is a lot of communicating about it. I mean, it doesn't sound like she knew what you were fucking looking for if she was doing it too hard. No, there was uh, very little communication going on beforehand. Yeah, she wasn't the real deal. So so it was okay experience? No, I never went back to a dominatrix (laughs) ever again. It was a bad experience. (laughs) Oh, indeed. Yeah, that's not a real dominatrix. That was that's why she was like in the back of a, a magazine. I mean, was it did you go to her house or was it like a real dungeon? This was to her house. Yeah, but was it in a bedroom or was it a dungeon in her house? This was in her, not her bedroom, her living room. Yeah, it was in her living room. So there was no dungeon is what my point is. If you uh, go no. to a real dominatrix, she's going to be in a real dungeon. Okay, that's the way it should be. You're not going in and sitting in someone's living room with couches and a TV. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> And some oh, potted okay. plants. <laughs> you didn't go see okay. a dominatrix. You see, you went to a hooker. <laughs> okay, it's a big difference. Good enough. I mean, did she was did she say she was a dominatrix or did she say she was a hooker? No, she said she was a dominatrix. Oh, okay, yeah. You need to realize that the dominatrix thinks you're coming there to be brutalized. <laughs> oh, okay. BDSM. That's what doms are for. <laughs> don't you know? I thought you're so knowledgeable. I uh, know I it was at that point it was just trying to learn as I went along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you learned that you didn't like dominatrix. You're not into BDSM at all. You want a gentle pegging. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say gentle, but um 
the taking a little more time and care to yeah. um, get the dildo inserted into me. Yeah, 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 for sure, because it hurts if it, if that's not the case. Exactly. Um, okay, so so go on. So after that dominatrix, what what happens to you in the, your story? Okay, so from that point on, then that's when I started doing more research in whatever books and magazines I could find about the subject. And that's when I said, oh, okay, well, this is where I can order the strap on. And, oh, I can go to, down to the shop. I can get a strap on right here. I don't have to order it. And I would start getting dildos that had a suction base. Mm -hmm. I could stick them onto the wall of the shower and put the dildo up in my asshole and work it and have lots of orgasms until I was completely exhausted. Okay. So that's where I took it from there. And so you're doing all this stuff with yourself. Do you, where, who's the first girl that winds up let, like doing this kind of thing to you? Oh, this was at a massage parlor. Oh, okay. We have a guy. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was getting ready to say her name. I won't say her name. I do miss that woman. But what she would do is, in the process of massaging me, she had touched my butt, and I had a, a small orgasm. And she asked me, do you want me to do more? And I said, yes, ma'am. And she did. And what she did was she would milk me, which is the, she would put her fingers up in my asshole and stroke my penis until I came. And I made sure that she had an extra good tip. And what I did one day is I brought the strap on and a harness. And I said, I don't want no massage. This is what I want you to do to me. And she was the first. Okay. How did you find her back in those days? Well, I just happened to go into a massage parlor, and there she was. You went into a regular massage parlor for a yes. regular, or do you know that it was like a happy ending place? I did not know it was a happy ending, no. So you went for a regular massage? How old were you? Let's see. guess about uh, 21, 22. So at 21 or 22, you're really looking for a back massage, or are you hoping that you're going there to get a happy ending, and you just are taking your chances? I was hoping to work. Yeah, I was hoping to work up to a happy ending because I said, how can I get this done? It must be some way I can get a woman to do this for me. So, yes. Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number. Thousands of people try to call. I talk to one of them. They stay anonymous. I can't hang up. That's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings crazy funny ones. I talked to a guy with a goose laugh, somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today. Beautiful Anonymous. Because I was going to say, no 20, 21-year-old guy is spending his hard-earned chum change that he gets paid at his minimal wage job at that age, you know, for a real regular massage. They get their girlfriends to do it for free. You're going there because you want a uh, Happy ending. It turns out that the regular massage place that you went, the girl was down to do extra stuff. Yes, indeed. Okay, so did you go to her all the time? <laughs> uh, yes, I went to her quite frequently. Mm -hmm. And then I started to develop a method of asking the different massage therapists to do it. And then I went to different sites and all of the sites, they all gossip with each other. They know each other. They were controlled by a certain triad, which I won't mention. Mm -hmm. And the women working there, they would interact with each other. They would know this customer is a great tipper. This customer is a little crazy. Don't let him in, so forth, so on. But I had a reputation for wanting ass play when I would come in there. Mm-hmm. And so whichever one of the massage parlors I would go to, then they're, oh, hey, hi, Santo, hey, come on in. And then they would have the rubber gloves ready for me and and they would get a nice tip. Right, right, right. So at this point, you, your, your life is spent getting this kind of action from sex workers more so than from the girls that you're dating, correct? That's correct. Okay, do you ever wind up getting it from women that you're dating, or is it always done in this way? No, I also got it from women that I was dating. My wife was the first one to actually give it to me who wasn't a professional. 
Okay, but so when, how old were you when you met your wife? Because she is from a foreign country. So actually, I brought her over here when I was, I guess, 35. Uh-huh. So, yeah, so she was actually the first one who gave me a pegging just because she wanted to. Well, you must have brought it up to her. But like you said that you were always open and honest, like you're going to all these sex workers. Did you take risks and actually date real women or because you were getting your needs met by these sex workers? Did you not really date that much? Well, no, I did not date that much. And what was going on was that once I figured out how to ask a woman who was not a sex worker to give me a pegging, then that's the route that I went. So there was no need to go to sex workers from that point on. Okay, so walk me through that. When in your relationship would you bring it up? Did you ever have any long-term girlfriends? Yes, I did. And what happened with them? They would not do it. So would you cheat on them with these sex workers and get your needs met that there? Yes, I did. Okay, so you would. So there were you. You're saying, "Oh, I'm so honest. Everything's on the table." Not really. You're fucking cheating. Cheating's not honest. So you well, yeah. Well, <laughs> being honest, they knew about it. They knew you were going to sex workers. Oh my yep. God, Santos! I'm mean, this might all of a sudden I'm starting to think I'm going to put this out as a fact or fiction story. Wait a second. <laughs> You're so full of shit. I think you might be full of shit, but it's okay. It's entertaining. Oh. Wait a second. So you would tell the girls, your girlfriends, you're like, they won't peg you. And you're like, well, that's okay that I'm just going to go see a sex worker. I'm going to go to the massage parlor and she'll peg me there. And they were like, okay, sure. Well, they weren't okay, sure, but. <laughs> well, walk me through how that went. Like, like how many long-term girlfriends did you have before you met your wife at 35? Did you have one or two? Did you have 10? I mean, how many girlfriends did you have? Let's talk specifics here. Well, I was married once before and I'll say maybe three serious girlfriends after that. Okay. And none of those people in those th three serious girlfriends and the first wife, none of them were open to your pegging? None. Okay, and all of them you told, I'm going to go get pegged elsewhere, and all of them said okay somehow? None of them said okay. They were angry about it, but uh -huh. it's the way it was. So they didn't break up with you because you were like, we're going and hooking up with these people on the side? Well, yeah, well, I did say I was married one time before, and I did get divorced from her, so she wasn't happy about that. Is that why you got divorced? Because you were going to sex workers? That's one reason. Yes, indeed. Okay. So with your girlfriends, all of them, like how would the conversation come up? Walk me through one of the specific scenarios. Give me a, you know, go back in your memory and talk to me about one of those situations. Okay. One situation was, um, this is, I'll use a girlfriend who actually loved having anal sex. And I would actually, when she would perform, giving me a blowjob. And I would try to get her to put her finger in my ass. And on occasion she did it, but she did not like doing it. She did not want to put anything in my ass whatsoever. Okay. So, and with her, I said, well, I can't even get her to finger me. And so I said, how am I going to get her to do a strap on number on me? It's, I got to figure this out somehow. Okay. So what happened? So nothing. <laughs> no, no, no. Remember what you're telling yeah. me and what I asked you, Santos. I want you to tell me exactly what went down with that girl when you said, well, listen, if you're not going to fuck me in the ass, I'm going to go to a masseuse. You said you told these people you were doing it. Walk me through that conversation. What happened? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I said, hey, if, if you're not going to do it, I'll get it somewhere else. And she was like, hey, you go do it somewhere else. Then, then we're done. And I said, hey, we're done then. So no one stayed with you when you told them that you were going to go with sex workers. So you never were cheating because none of them stayed with you. I don't understand. You're so confusing. Every <laughs> single one you said, are you cheated on them? Now you're telling me the minute you said you are going to go out and do it, they said, I'm going to break up with you. So, I mean, no one stayed with you while you were seeing sex workers, did they? Well, they didn't break up with me immediately. No. Okay. So, so there, yeah, there, so there was a process. It was a process. It was a time during that breakup where they would still try to hold on to me. Okay. But you were like, no way. I'm still seeing other people. I'm still going to yes. go have sex elsewhere. And you had a wife before you were 35, right? Yes. Okay. And how long did that marriage last? A year and a half. And in that time, you told your wife you were into pegging? 
Oh, more so than that. It's my wife would find the dildos in the house mm -hmm. and she would see me in the bathroom with the dildo suction against the wall, doing my thing on the dildo. <laughs> and my wife, she was not happy about that. Yeah. What'd she say? Are you, are you gay? What are you, what are you doing? What's the matter with you? You like men? And I'm, no, I don't like men. I like being paid and you could do it to me and no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Guess what? If you don't do it, someone else will. And she's like, oh, 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 oh you, you better not. And I said, oh, hey, you, you know something? Nobody tells me what to do. I'm going to go do it anyway. And there would be arguments. And eventually the divorce came. Okay. So she wasn't into any of this kind of nonsense. She also no. didn't like the fact that there was no compromise with you. Because listen, sometimes maybe a guy would say, okay, just let me fuck my dildos at home and I won't go out of the house. Like your dildos weren't enough for you. You still wanted to go out and get another woman to do it to you because, right? Yeah, because see, Kathy, it's, it feels much better right. having a woman doing it than to just do it myself. That intimacy is there. But you could understand the woman at home. I mean, it, to you, it was like, it's your way or the highway. So, of course, she's like, bye-bye. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I don't blame her for saying goodbye. Yeah, yeah, You don't sound like you guys, maybe you guys didn't even really like each other. Because maybe there would be some sort of compromise in between those two places where you both were. Yeah, it's absolutely reasonable to have a compromise in a marriage. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's work. Yeah, but there was no compromising. It didn't sound like you no. wanted to compromise. You just said if you're not going to do it, someone else will. Too bad. But I'm yep. assuming there wasn't much love there or else maybe you would have been open to compromising or, or, or something because she did know you were putting stuff in your ass. Like why did you know you, you I guess you just knew long term you couldn't sustain not having it being done by somebody else other than yourself. Yeah, it, I, was, I did realize later if I was a much better husband and being more understanding, maybe she would have tried it. But I do admit I was very selfish back then. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what it sounds like to say to somebody, oh, this is what I like. And if you're not going to do it, I'm going to go get a, uh, something else. It's very cut and dry. There's no conversation. It's so that my way or the highway kind of a thing that I don't blame her for leaving. I don't think that that's I, I think somewhere in the middle of what happened, there could have been maybe some other solution. If you were more flexible, you sound a little bit like you said, it just caught too selfish. Well, absolutely, because it's I advise people now online where I say if your mate doesn't want to do it, you don't get angry at them and you don't browbeat them and just say, hey, that that's that. They don't want to. It's not right for you to try to force them into doing it. And well, you didn't force, but you just said, I'm going to go and get somebody else to do it. I mean, that's kind of like a that's kind of like. A deal breaker. That's going to the end of the conversation. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of things you could try before you get to that last resort, which is, well, then I'm going to go get another woman to do this. You're talking about it's so intimate when a hooker shoves the dildo in your ass, but the intimacy is really at home with your wife and should be. But instead you were like, oh, I'm just going to go elsewhere. Like I said, eventually, if you can't get your needs met at home at all, and you know, you're going to be frustrated forever, maybe that is the end of the story. But I just think going there right away, that's the way you told the story. It was kind of like, a, she saw me, she was like, what the fuck? I was like, well, you need to do it. And she said no. So I'm like, I'm going to go fucking do it someplace else. And she didn't like that. So she divorced me. I mean, you just went to the end. Yeah, absolutely. Because what I was trying to do with my first wife, I was trying to force her. Yeah, because I was saying, yeah, I'm I'm going to blackmail you until yeah, you do that. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's, and that that's... was very selfish on my part for doing that. Yeah, that's a deal breaker. Of course, she's going to be like, "Fuck off." I mean, you know, it's not cool. But you were young, and a lot of times we have to learn these things later on. When I'm assuming, when you were 35 and you had this new relationship, maybe that one was better. I mean, what happened in that relationship that was different? Well, in this relationship. I realized that I had to take things a little slow. Yeah. I would let her sit down with me at the computer. We look at a little pecking porn. Uh-huh. Get her kind of introduced into what's going on here. Yeah. And that's how that's got started with her. And then during sex, like I had mentioned to you before, getting her to touch my ass cheeks, then later put her finger in between 
crack of my ass then up into my ass that's that's what works for me is just to gradually ease into it so with this girl you're 35 you meet this girl from another country she moves in with you or whatever like when do you tell her that you're into this you ease her in this way with the hand on the ass thing or do you tell her straight up sit her down like how do you bring it up i brought it up by watching porn and okay. then they, so-and-so, come over, come look at this with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's smart, huh? Yeah. Watching pegging kind of porn stuff. Yeah, and then she's, you know, what What the fuck is this? <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> I can kind of explain what's going on. So, hey, yeah. this feels great. I'm going to have lots of orgasms. Uh -huh. and I'm going to have a healthy prostate, so forth, so on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so eventually, like, how did it, how did that progress? So one fine day, I said, how about so-and-so, how about if you get me a pegging and what you can do while you're pegging me, you can watch your soap opera. And here's the thing. Once the soap opera starts, you start pegging. When the soap opera's over, then you stop. And that's how I got her to peg me the first time. So Wait a second. That, Did she know about the dildos and stuff? Were your paraphernalia around the house first? Yes. Like any of that stuff? So she saw you doing stuff like that already, or she knew that you were into that already and she was okay with it? Yes, yeah, she had seen it around the house already, yes. Okay. And she was okay? Did she have those questions for you? No, she actually she had no idea what they were until I showed her the porn. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's just these these things. This looks like a dick. You know what what is this? Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number, thousands of people try to call, I talk to one of them, they stay anonymous, I can't hang up, that's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings. Crazy funny ones. I talked to a guy with a goose laugh, somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today, Beautiful Anonymous. Yeah. Yeah. You had to explain it. So that's how the porn came into play. She saw your paraphernalia. Then you took her to some videos so she could see and get educated on what it was. She knew that you were into it. Did she ever have those questions for you? Are you gay? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, she did. Okay. And what would you say? No. I mean, like, how did, how long did it take her to get to the point where she was open to I it? Well, I guess like after the third time of giving me a pegging, then there was no problem. There were no questions about my sexuality. And this is something that she was doing because I loved it. And she found it amusing, like all the different noises that I would make during the pegging. And so it was fun for both of us. So did she really watch a soap opera the first time? I mean, where did you come up with that idea? I, I have a very fertile imagination. I don't know how I got that idea. But um, during the soap opera, during like very dramatic parts, the pegging got very rough. During mm -hmm. the humorous parts in the soap opera, then she was more gentle. And that was like a little learning experience for me there, too. So you didn't care that she was like watching her soap opera. You were able to get hot by that? Yeah, it's, I looked at it as more as if I were playing music during having sex. Right. So okay. that was not distracting to me at all. You, you somehow that creative mind of yours or that weird person that says a bag of ducks or a box of fluffy ducks, that part, <laughs> <laughs> that part of you was able to turn the fact that she was watching the soap opera into a turn on for you. I, I get it. You have a different brain. It's a means to an end, but it's also a part of the turn on for you. Somehow you work that into being a part of this pegging fantasy of yours. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, interesting. Okay, and so she pegs you while she's watching her soap opera. She laughing? I mean, is she like, what the fuck is she talking? I mean, she just does it through the whole half hour, hour, how long are soap operas? I don't know. Uh, that, that first time was a, a half hour. Okay. And she gave me the pegging, and she was really into it, and she was she actually had a, a small orgasm doing it. Really? Does she? Why her strap on had some sort of thing that was like stimulating her as well? Um, no, she, well, we had tried the, uh, what is it, the bullet, whatever they call it. We had tried that, but she said it was hot and she didn't like using it. No, but, but how um, did she have the orgasm when she was pegging you? Well, when, when she is pegging me, yeah. 
I am, I'm not just laying there, I'm pumping back and forth. I'm moving my hips in circles. I'm squeezing my ass cheeks. So I'm very, very active. And she feels, sorry. Yeah, so what she's doing is when that, the base of the dildo is up against her clitoris and her vagina, she, those different motions are moving around on her clitoris and vagina. Yeah, that's how she's getting enjoyment. Yeah, see, I never pegged anyone, so I don't know how it works, like where it lays or where it is. So her, she would put it like close to her clit, so some sort of the movement would get her off. Because I do know, though, that there are strap-ons, I'm assuming, that also have parts of it that stimulate the person that's doing the strap-on part of it, things, to get them off, right? Of course. Yeah. It's because we, we did try um, the field dough, which will have one end going to the male and another one will go up in the vagina yeah. and, and then the pussy to female. Yeah. So we did try that, but she didn't like that because it was a lot of work for her to keep the field dough up into her vagina. Because if you're moving one way, maybe that's coming out or whatever. I get right. it. And I, because I, I thought that she would be getting more stimulation doing that, but she was not interested in using that. So we just would use the dildos that had the the, the um, suction base on them. Oh, okay. You would put that into the thing. So that first time she kind of got into it. Yeah. Okay. So then, so then it was like good to go. I mean, did you guys always peg? Would she continue to watch soap operas? Did she ever stop watching them? I mean, how did it progress at this point? Like the, the first five times she would watch a soap opera. After that, we didn't need to have a soap opera because she was getting more <laughs> and more enjoyment out of it. Yeah. Okay. So then, I mean, it would just come up and you guys, she would just fuck you in the ass all the time. Sometimes she will call me from work and tell me that she needs a pegging. And as soon as she comes in through the door, then she's ready to go. Wow. So when she says she needs a pegging, it means she wants to peg you. She's yep. that turned on by it, that now it's something yep. that she's into and she's requesting. That's amazing. Yep. And I say, yes, ma'am, you <laughs> will get it. And right. sometimes you will we'll make an appointment like a date, be like a date night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's because now it's our kids are grown. They're out the house. Yeah. So before when they were smaller, then, of course, we'd have to have a date night send the kids to my parents and get them out. And then we take care of business. Right. So now let me ask you this. We have 10 minutes left. I mean, your girl pegs you all the time. Did you have to train her how to do it? Are there any kind of tips or tricks or that you'd like to give people on how to use a strap on with your guy and do it the right way or vice versa? What could you, what, what do you want to tell people? They can, well, as far as with the woman, she could use exercises that strengthen her hips. Uh-huh. Like there's, yeah, it's unfortunate that no one can see me at this point, but doing like a, a type of push-up called a bathtub push-up where you're, you're, you're sitting on the floor and you push your hips up into the air. So even a, an exercise like that, any type where the hips are thrusting, let me ask you this, though. Maybe this is a more specific, better way to ask my question. Because we both talked about anal action, that it's very important not to just shove a dick inside. How does your girl know how it works with you? I mean, did you have to teach her how to do it, to go slowly at first, to wait till you're really turned on? How does she know what to do, how to do it properly without hurting you? Um, what I had to do is to, because I'm usually, I'm laying flat on my belly. Yeah. I had to reach my hands behind and hold her hips. Right. And that way she could thrust at the depth that's comfortable for me. So you're only controlling it a little bit. So and Right. Yeah. I think that that's smart. I mean, that's the way I always did it when guys, I always liked anal sex. I was like the one who brought it up to my boyfriends early on because I just wanted to try everything. And But I took control. I would take their dick in my hand from behind and guide it in. And then once I was like really horny and it felt really good, you're like, go to town. You know what I mean? It's fine. But in the beginning yep. to work up to that, I always felt like. I think I was able to do it to a, 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 a do it in the way that it really was pleasurable because I took complete control over it. I was 
telling him where how far in to go and how fast and all that kind of stuff and I think that's really the key I think eventually I would assume with your girl she knows what she's doing now because she's been pegging you for how long I mean many many years now right yeah about how old are you now I am 60 right now. Okay, so you, it didn't happen early on in your marriage, so you've been pegging for with her for a long time. Yeah, um, approximately 30 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so she's so she knows what she's she, now. She's a professional for sure. Yeah, yeah. At this point, does she like anal sex herself? She did not at first. She does now. Uh huh. Yeah, the she'll say that. The anal sex helps her to move her bowels more easily. So she not only likes it in terms of pleasure, but also any other type of physical benefits that come along with it. So like with me, with the pegging, of course, I'm going to have, like my record is 25 orgasms in a session, but it's also massages my prostate and keeps that at a manageable level. So quick question now that we're like towards the end, you did say something about what happens with sex when it ends. I didn't know what the fuck you meant by that, but you're like, there's some sort of mental thing that goes on. What was that all about? Do you want to touch on that before we end? After the pegging, there is a temporary change in the dynamics of the relationship where it's more dominant and I'm more submissive. So she becomes... Well, I'll just use the term, she becomes more bossy, and I become more submissive. And this will last maybe about a day or so, and then I'll go back to normal. I'm normally a person that no one dominates me at no time. Mm -hmm. So that is just something that any couples that are interested in pegging, just be prepared just in case that happens. Oh, that's interesting. There's a little shift. Yes, yeah, and that's okay. I mean, does it last just for the couple of hours? Does it last for a week? Does it last forever? <laughs> I mean, some guys might freak out thinking, oh, I don't want things to change. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't want to lose control. But that's <laughs> it's just like for a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why not be a little bitch for a day? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's working. Yeah, I, I, I'm happy to do it for her. She's happy to do it to me. Yeah, I love it. Listen, I'm I'm very interested in turning every guy into a, a one input guy. I mean, what what do you call a guy that likes anal one input? That's the only input a guy has, right? Or or two input guy? I don't know. But I, I'm I'm very interested in that. So I always love having episodes like this, especially with guys who are totally straight that do it. Not that I think there's anything wrong with being gay. Like it's ridiculous that some people are like, oh, I'm not gay. I think it's so rude to gay people to say stuff like that. But I think some guys who are straight who have this fear that they'll turn gay because for whatever that I love when I have on a really straight guy that's here to say I've been doing this forever and it never changed my view of things. You so I, I think it's always great. It's a great thing to put out there. So thank you for calling in and sharing your story. I think it will help people. I'm hoping some guy goes investigating that part of himself, maybe that has never investigated it because of what you've talked about here. <laughs> well, Kathy, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure and it was fun. It was fun. I mean, there's a whole middle of this section where I didn't believe a word you were fucking saying, and then I did. And so I don't know that I'll put it as a fact or fiction, but it will be entertaining. That's for sure. On different levels. Entertaining because I made it entertaining with the bag of ducks and all that shit and me not believing you. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm hoping that at least it's entertaining. No, but it's also, but the most, yes, but the most, but the other thing that's super entertaining and it's more than entertaining, it's interesting is your actual story and the fact that you're really into pegging and the fact that you're a straight guy and the fact that you've been doing this since the dawn of time and you love it and all of that is really good stuff so thank you so much for calling in and sharing all of that not a problem and you have a happy new year you too thanks thanks what do we call you santos thanks santos bye bye-bye everyone thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode if you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I love YouTube 
as a platform for my show because people comment there and I try to reply back to every single person who posts a comment. So even if you're not listening on YouTube and you want to talk about the show, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe and share my videos. It's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you want to sign up for my Patreon on my Patreon, you are not only supporting my show, but you will get these episodes early, ad free, and you get to see anonymous pics of my guests. Most of the girls send in anonymous pics and some of the guys send in anonymous pics. So if you want to see anonymous pics of my guests as well as support my show and get these episodes early and ad-free, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. That's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. The link is also in the description below. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.